right. Well, I, as uh, Warwick was saying, uh, will be sharing a little bit of a reflection today based on some um, poetry and a psalm. Um, so you'll have me for both the reader and the homily uh, and communion. So buckle up and get used to the sound of my voice. I'll just grab all the links and things and post them in the chat. Um, so I'll start with the psalm and then the poem. I had to choose super long psalms to go me. Cool, I'll read the psalm and then I'll post the poem. So the psalm from for today is uh, Psalm 139, uh, this is the NRSV version. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit up and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful, wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your, books, in your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I tried to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O oh God, and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me, those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I should have said at the start, um, we'll be doing some I Notice and I Wonders for these, um, these two readings. Uh, so while I'm arranging the next bit in the chat, um, you might like to just scroll up and read over it again and seeing if there are any things you notice or wonder about in the psalm. Uh, while I post the poem. Cool. So the poem I'd like to read in conjunction with this um, is forget, called Forgetting by Joy Layden. 
um, and that opens with two quotes and then it goes into the Psalms. So I'll read those out. Zion says, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her baby or disown the child of her womb? Though she might forget, I never could forget you. Isaiah 49, 14 to 15. What it's like to lose your entire memory. Cosmopolitan. You never remember anything, do you? How I formed you in your mother's womb, nursed you, bathed you, taught you to talk, led you to springs of water. I sang your name before you were born. I'm singing your name now. You're clueless as an infant. When I tell you to shout for joy, you hear a bicycle or a cat. Sometimes memories of me come back, like children you forgot you had. A garden, a bride, an image of your mother, your best friend, your brother, or a cop, or snow, or afternoon. The heavens shout, mountain becomes road, gardenias burst into song. Whose are these, you wonder? Then you forget and feel forgotten, like an infant who falls asleep at a mother's breast and wakes up hungry again. Your mother might forget you, child, but I never forget. I've engraved your name on the palms of my hands. I show you trees. I lay you down in the grass. I shower you with examples of my love, sex and birds, librarians and life skills, emotions, sunlight, compassion. Nothing connects. Every dawn, every generation, I have to teach you again. This is water. This is darkness. This is a body fitting your description. That's a crush. Those are bodily functions. This is an allergic reaction. This is your anger. This is mine. This is me reminding you to eat. Turn off the stove. Take your medication. This is the realization that I am yours and you are mine. This is you forgetting. So if you have any, any things that you noticed or, or wondered about in either the poem or the psalm, um, feel free to unmute yourself and share those. Yeah, for the, um, the biblical passage, I felt it was a bit like trying to become the teacher's pet and go, look how good I am when I do all these things. That's so funny. I wondered in the poem who was talking to who, like whether I first of all thought it was God talking to someone and in the end I thought it was like a child talking to a parent with Alzheimer's. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. So <clears throat> the Psalm 139, I remember that first start, the, um, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made you knew me blah 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 i completely forgotten the perfect hatred part <laughs> it's, it's kind of and a, an odd juxtaposition yeah it's kind of a lot of the psalms end up just having this like perfect you know hatred or vengeance kind of yeah, yeah, stands yeah, up. You know, like, ah come on guys <laughs> yeah totally 
Yeah, that stood out to me as well. I was like, what is even perfect hatred? Because it makes it sound like a good thing. Mm. Yeah, so I totally agree, Amy and Jackie. It's so interesting. That verse where you knit me together in my mother's womb is something that we, like I feel, is quoted all the time um, in lots of beautiful, positive ways. That uh, it's nestled in this psalm that is just like so weird. Like at the start, it's like, I can't hide from you, God. You're everywhere. And then at the, then at the end, it's like, but I hate everyone. So look how great I am. Like, it's very, <laughs> very odd. Like, I love that everyone's just cherry picked the best, most positive line for that. Um, and what a beautiful poem. I've never heard of Joy Layden before. Um, I'm going to have to look up more of her stuff because that's, yeah, oh, I just think it's lovely. I love the mm. idea that if it's God talking to us, that the things that God has given us are sex and birds, librarians and life skills. Like, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, I had something to say. Oh, yeah, just with um, with this poem uh, or the, the sort of fearfully and wonderfully made being sandwiched in this, like, very odd psalm. It's like, Israel has a strange love language, you know. <laughs> I don't think it's one of the five. I'm not sure quite which one it is, but, yeah. If war was a love language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, thanks so much for that. I really enjoyed. Oh, sorry. Whoever there was that going. Um, oh, that I just love how um, embodied and like just caught up in the grist of everyday life that poem is. Um, yeah, and and how it kind of spans from what looks like birth to old age, and the, drawing the parallels between those things, and yeah, that it connects love with just. Yeah, like just just such human um, and embodied um, learnings and wonderings and experiences. And yeah, that kind of like bird's eye perspective of, of someone watching from the outside, watching a human becoming a human and, and the kind of adoration of watching that process, um, which is like so fraught and fearful for us to experience. But yeah, just that sense of affection for, um, for the kind of, frailty and dependence and vulnerability of the human experience it's just such a lovely thing to have affirmed um in spirituality especially for those of us who kind of came from a spirituality of idealism where kind of everything was about the perfect form and about getting it right and about being perfect um to, to sense this affection for the baby steps of learning what sexuality and librarians are like, yeah <laughs> sexual librarians <laughs> my point was uh really similar shane in terms of i really enjoyed in the poem um and in the psalm but particularly the poem how yeah the details of life were heightened to a point of awe and celebration and we often just go through life not really noticing i think one of the silver linings of this difficult time we find ourselves in is celebrating the details of life and 
coming back and noticing them and um, getting back in touch with kind of the, the core staples of, of how we orientate ourselves in this world and, and having to, you know, come back to the details of us and, and each other. And it was, it's a really beautiful way of celebrating all of that in how they wrote that poem. Any last reflections? I really value this, like, sharing time. I often feel like the time where people share their noticings and wonderings is, um, yeah, I feel like it's more profound than anything I could have written already. So, um, yeah, really value people sharing. So if you're hanging on to something, now is your time. The theme of memory and forgetting, I feel, is really powerful. Um, mm. This doesn't happen for me very often these days but when you do have that kind of spiritual experience of a feeling of the presence of God it's so real in the moment and then when you're not having that experience it can be so hard to recapture and so like it feels impossible and you think what was I thinking how did that even make sense that can't have been real it's this yeah sense that you're just in different states and sometimes you're a, you're a different person whether you're in that experience or not and even just it not being experiences of god specifically but um time passing and your your memories and like just what it's describing there is that things are so real when they're happening and so gone when they're not sometimes but then it yes it's just a sort of mystery of consciousness i suppose that we we have this ability to be who we were in the past and also to not be that person anymore and that can be really confusing and painful but also beautiful and that's the way God made us and and why <laughs> but mm. yeah it's just it's something I find only poetry can really capture because it's I don't yeah I don't know what more to say about it but I really like that in this poem I think I'm gonna look at more of the work mm. Well, uh, I'll flip over to my notes and just have a little tab with all of my thoughts. And not all of them, that would be a very long word doc. <laughs> um, yeah, something I've noticed in like kind of the week leading up to writing this and thinking about this poem um, and reflecting on what the heck I would even talk about because I feel like there's so much um, is... Um, humans obsession with meaning like i went to three webinars this week um and in all three uh they said that their field is about meaning and mind these fields are marketing art history and theology and in every single one of them like yeah advertising is meaning you know art is meaning and faith is meaning or meaning making um, and I was like, wow, that's like, we really latched onto this <laughs> idea. Um, but I think what, what I get from that, what I think they're trying to say is, is we need 
we need things to mean something, right? We need events and people and places to have some kind of significance beyond just what they are. And I think the, the truth behind that is that we are storied creatures. And um, I mean, just as you were sharing about like forgetting and remembering is um, part, part of who we are is what stories we choose to tell about ourselves, which stories we choose to remember. And we orient our lives around the stories of who we are and who others are um, and how they relate. Um, and I think the perfect example of how much we orient our lives around meaning, um, at least to me, and I know that this might be like a, oh, it's just me kind of thing. Um, but I think astrology is the perfect example of this, um, is we assign so much communal meaning to the time and date um, of, of a birth of us being born and what that means um, what that means to us what uh, we can tell from some about someone's life just from the, the day and time they were born I mean again maybe this is just me <laughs> that's okay um, but I think I understand that that instinct of assigning meaning like I'm not a parent um, but I can imagine or at least romanticize <laughs> The idea of at a birth um, assigning so much meaning to that moment, you know, although like a baby has done nothing but be born, um, but instinctively we feel that their life already means something. Um, and I think astrology is such a, um, I feel a representative of that, of that instinct of, of saying, this is what, you know, this means. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things that touches me most in this poem, like a few of you have shared, is, um, is this of God as the divine parent, you know, teaching us about sex and librarians um, and life skills. And, yeah, I think birth and at the other end, death, are these, like, incredibly poignant, moments of meaning making for humans i've been doing a subject on death at uni so i've been thinking about death a lot which is my caveat it's i'm okay it's not that morbid <laughs> it's for theology all right <laughs> um but i think one of the things that i'm most preoccupied by in that um in thinking about death and dying is um is that we need an ending we need stories to have an ending so we can tell what they meant you know good stories have have endings even if they aren't happily ever afters um an ending enables you to understand the meaning of a person's life and whether that be tragic or beautiful or if you if you're human a good smattering of both um and i think this is the other thing i've thought about a lot with this unit on death is um, around funerals. And I think this is what funerals at their best do, um, you know, beyond holding space for grief and, and enabling uh, the grieving to hold one another and, and all of that. I think it, it, it tells the story of a person, what their life meant, who they were to the people around us, around them, sorry. Um, yeah i think more than advertising at least this is like profound meaning making um like meaningful meaning making sorry if you work in advertising that's not a dig um 
And I think when we die, we trust the people we leave behind to tell the story of our lives, to tell that story well. Um, and, some, and there's no guarantee that they will. Uh, I don't think we'll care that much. I think, I think we'll be dead. I also haven't died, so I can't speak too authoritatively on that. Um, yeah, I think this poem really functions as a, as a poem of reorientation for me. And poetry more generally, I think, um, kind of assigning meaning to these, like these inconsequential, quote unquote, uh, moments of life um, and making, making meaning from them. Um, but I think one of the few things and why it's a poem of reorientation for me is, um, is that I don't really have a, a very, um, uh, I don't even know what word to say. I don't really have an, an idea of God um, playing a role in my life that actively anymore. Um, but one of the few things that I can say about God is that God remembers us. Um, and one of the things I learned from this poem and would like to believe about God is that God writes poetry about us to remember us by, to give our lives meaning even after the last people to have known us have forgotten us. And I think what this poem and the psalm in, you know, together means to me is that we are held at both ends of our life, you know, entering in and exit from it. Um, we are known when we enter the world and remembered when we exit it. Um, and just to finish, one of the one of the quotes that sort of has just stuck from um, this unit I'm doing is from a guy called Alan Lewis, um, and he wrote, "How wondrous for finite creatures to be surrounded and befriended." by the transcendent, infinite and holy. How staggering for beings of time, corruption and decay to be known and loved, accompanied and redeemed by the eternal and the immortal. So yeah, I don't know if that lands for anyone else, but I think that's to me like the most hopeful thing I can say about God and about how God thinks about us. Um, so yeah. That's, that's kind of my little reflection. Um, uh, yeah. What I didn't write was how to segue from this into communion. Um, so let's pretend that was that. And I hope you, you all, ha all have the elements. Um, actually, let's riff on the fly. Um, I think in, in acknowledgement of that, in kind of payback to God, um, I think communion can function as this, as, um, as us remembering God. I, Warwick, I really love that um, what you shared about um, the perspective shift in the poem, going from God talking to us to us uh, talking to a, a parent uh, with Alzheimer's, you know, like what, 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 what would it be like if, if God needed us to remember God by um, and maybe as a sacrament, there's no more perfect thing than, um, than communion to do that. Uh, to remember God with us, um, among us, living with us, dying with us. Um, so, yeah, if you have your elements ready, my communion today is a cashew and a swig of coffee. Um, 
So I invite you all to partake, um, to eat and drink whatever elements you've got. Yeah, let's eat and drink together. Thank you, Monica. Um, that is uh, the end of church. Um, please go in peace. Uh, the church is going to, the Zoom channel is going to stay open if people just want to have a chat. But otherwise, the rest of you are all welcome to go and enjoy the rest of this pretty lovely looking day. Thanks so much for coming along.